can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hello. Hi, hello. <laughs> I um, I haven't spoken to Joe in a while. I have a lot to catch you up on. No, I have nothing to catch you up on except <laughs> that Linda has been listening to the podcast and Linda mm-hmm. is not a regular podcast listener. No, she's not. Yeah, she's been in lockdown. So look, she's had some constructive feedback for me okay. particularly. She said she would like more movie and Netflix recommendations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mom, it's a beauty podcast. She's like, you know what? You know, you talk so much about beauty but like what about movie recommendations <laughs> like okay. sure mum so I actually had an idea mm-hmm. because no one is really allowed to travel particularly in Victoria I thought that I would I get a, I actually people do ask me on Instagram about like my favorite travel movies mm, okay I like this so I've got a few that I wanted to recommend but then also I have one that I watched last night and I actually it was just it was so deep and meaningful to me that I wanted to repeat like the, the crux of it. So I've got like some erotic, one that's erotic, okay. one that's a bit, you know, <laughs> I'll scary. I'll let you know if I've seen <laughs> any of them. Yep. Is Castaway on there? No, that's a bit too depressing really. I but Castaway. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather be stuck on that island with Wilson than in my house right now. Yeah, but honestly. But that's beside the point. better, Yeah. <laughs> So first one is Under the Tuscan Sun, which is, you've seen that, so Mm -hmm. most people have probably seen that. The the next one, which won't be any surprises, is The Beach, which is Leonardo DiCaprio in Thailand. I think I've only seen parts of The Beach. I don't know that I've seen the whole thing. That is my dream. Mm. I mean, the ending is not my dream, but that's my dream is to live on in a little community like that. Okay. The next one that mo- some people don't actually know about is Stealing Beauty and it's Liv Tyler in, I think she's in Tuscany. Oh, I've never heard of that. Pretty sexy. Like the scene at the is end. Is that the raunchy one? <laughs> no, that's oh, not the raunchy okay. one. Another one is A Biggest Splash. Now, I I cannot pronounce his name. I'm really sorry. I, I know I get in a lot of trouble for mispronouncing things in the reviews, <laughs> but it's called A Bigger Splash and it has Ma- Matthias Schoenart. I, I, I'm sorry if I've pronounced that. That sounds right. He is the biggest spunk alive mm-hmm. and I am absolutely obsessed with him. He's my new Colin Farrell. He's my he's the okay. Colin Farrell of 2020. All right. I haven't seen those last two that you've recommended. So Okay. So another one is Wild, which is Reese Witherspoon. Yes. She hikes the PCT. It's incredible. Now, the raunchy one is called Why Tu Mama Tiam Tambien. And it's Sorry? Got, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I said that. Hold on. Let me just get. Hold on. Yeah. Why Tu Mama Tambien? I got it right. So that one has a ba- baby Gail Garcia Bernal, who is also really spunky. And um, it's. Three people on a road trip, so take from that what you will. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think you got can it. Get mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> okay, and then lastly was the movie that I watched last night, which is called A Good Year. Now I was in love with Russell Crowe as a very young teenager. I actually met Russell Crowe. Did you? I was in a movie premiere with my parents, and he was in like the 
cut off area and I was I would have been like 10 it was when it was when that movie with Meg Ryan came out and he was having oh, an affair yes. with her and yeah. it was a big deal anyway he was there and the people in the VIP area saw I was just staring at him and they were like do you want to come and meet Russell and uh-huh. I was like oh my god what that's wild. Well, it was wild. And I, from that moment on, was like, I've met my soulmate. I bet you did. <laughs> Russell, if you're listening. He's definitely a listener. I reckon he's followed your whole journey. Yeah. <laughs> I think that lockdown, I'm having like quite the existential crisis. And something that happens in this movie is, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but his boss has like a Van Gogh painting in his office yeah and he's looking at the painting he goes oh it's a knockoff because the real one's in my vault so this rich guy mm. he, he owns this fat beautiful van gogh painting except he keeps it in a vault and then he has a replica in his office and so russell crowe says to him he goes so when do you actually see it you know do you make late night trips to the vault to see the painting and then the boss goes what's your point and I think the point is that and I think this is really relevant to lockdown Mm. is like it's things or it's like going out to see the world Mm. I guess that's the way that I interpreted it was like I think the the painting was of Provence like you Mm -hmm. either go and see Provence in real life or you sit behind a desk all day and you look at a replica of it. So I just, you know, that really touched me. I did start crying, but that may be, that may be. (laughs) Maybe just our emotional states. (laughs) Anyway, Linda, if you're listening, I really hope you've got some good feedback for me now because (laughs) I've given the people some travel movie tips. Love that. Nothing beauty related. I'm not sure how our boss will feel about this, but anyway. We've got to go rogue sometimes. We've got to go rogue sometimes. The rest of the episode is beauty related, so... On today's episode, we are talking about uh, body hair, which you and I are very excited to talk about. We've got some stories lined up. We're also talking to Kim Evans from Luxe Brows and Lashes all about brows and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. Okay, so body hair, Hannah, is what we're talking about today. And I just felt that we needed to discuss this because as women, we are conditioned to think that we need to shave our legs every two days. And the vast majority of us can't be effed. (laughs) (laughs) And you actually had a hair removal story for me that you wanted to tell, which I think you may have encountered recently. Look, I've been going through some things lately where I because I can't get my laser hair removal and I actually to do my whole legs with the IPL machine at home, it's Mm. quite time consuming and I'm just like really lazy AF at the moment. So I have embraced my leg hair. Like I've stopped shaving even though it's growing back from laser hair removal. Yeah, I grew mine out about three months ago. (laughs) Like it's really interesting. There's something that lockdown I think has helped me do is, you know, I don't care. This is is me. This is like it just, I guess, you know, but something I have done and I wanted to refer back to our first episode. And I think for the people that are new, have we told this story about how the podcast structure came about? I don't know. Oh, so basically Joe and I went bowling and yeah. we we were at an event and we were like on our way to go bowling. And I think one of us, I can't remember who said it, but we were like, 
what if we opened every episode and we like, you know, talked about like the anus add-on? Yeah. I think you came up with the idea of the add-on and then I was like, why don't we do that for every episode? And then yes. the cringy combo so was born. <laughs> I'd, we'd had a few drinks and we were at bowling. <laughs> I don't know if you were still there at this point, but I then after like three or four drinks said to my boss... <laughs> who's a a man by the way I was like yeah so by the way we're going to be talking about Brazilian hair removal in the first episode and Mm. he was like go for it it's just such a funny like thing to think about about how nervous we were about talking about the anus add-on yeah and I think about the that we talk about now and I'm like "Mm, anus add-on that's nothing I know that's nothing (laughs) you know I have been doing my own so I feel like this whole story has come full circle now because I've been doing my own anus add-on since I got my at-home IPL machine and I give myself little electric shocks every time (laughs) because I find it really hard to like maneuver yourself you're not meant to use it if you've got hair there because you've got to shave it and I swear I find it so hard to maneuver the razor in that area do you do it in front of a mirror are you like spreading the cheeks no I sit down in the shower and spread my legs and there we go and I I just give it a red hot go what about with the machine oh with the machine oh so that's just shaving the area in the shower so I actually I actually do it while I'm lying in bed I don't know if that's weird or not yeah Yeah. I just I do it go blind like I don't try to use a mirror or anything it's not it doesn't give you a shock but it's just like a bit of has it been working I don't know I haven't had a look I haven't looked Fair enough. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I'm not sure. Have you ever used an at-home Brazilian wax kit? Because I swear to God. No, I have not. <laughs> doing your anus add-on with that is something else. I don't think I would ever attempt my own Brazilian wax at so home. I reckon I still have wax up there. <laughs> yeah, I would get halfway time. through and be like, nah, that's just going to stay there now. <laughs> I'm done. But the only other story that I had on the body hair was, and this is probably why women feel weird about body hair or like, you know, the reason that it doesn't feel as normalized is because when I was in Bali, I remember I had a little romance, like mm-hmm. shock, shock horror. Yeah. I remember he like felt my legs and he was like, oh, spiky. And I was like, because um, <laughs> I'm so hairy. I shaved 24 hours before and I had a five o'clock shadow already. Yeah. So. Well, th- that's the same with me. And I always yeah. have envied those people that can shave their legs once a week and they stay smooth until yeah. the next time they shave them. But I actually <gasps> wanted to talk about the first time that I shaved my legs because I had really hairy legs from like a very young age. Like when I I say young, I mean like seven years old. I was begging my like mum. before your period? Yeah, oh. way before. And I was just like, I remember being on holidays in Queensland with my family and I would have been, I think, seven or eight years old. And I'd been begging my mum for ages to let me shave my legs or wax my legs. And I think she had succumbed to letting me wax my legs and she was doing it for me at home. But we were on holidays and I noticed that my legs were really hairy and my brothers had pointed it out and they were like, you know, making fun of me. And I was just like, no, that's it. I went and grabbed my mum's razor from the shower and I shaved my own legs at like eight years old because I was so like tired of it. I was like, I just need to have smooth legs. And I did it. And my mum was so angry at me for doing it. She was like, I told you not to do that. Now they're going to grow back thicker. And I think that's actually a myth that they grow, the hair grows back thicker when you shave. I think it must just be a like a, because it's spikier, that it looks thicker or something. Yeah, I don't know. But I feel like having laser really did thin out the hair on my legs, but it hasn't completely gotten rid of it. 
But yeah, I just feel like for me to do that at such a young age, I must have been so conditioned yes. to not have hair on my jo, legs. So everything that we do is conditioning. When you think about it, it's scary. I've been thinking a lot about the, you know, the Disney movies that we used to watch when we were young. Yeah. And there's yep. so much conditioning. I, I know we're getting really deep here, but I think about <laughs> these things a lot. And I think about if I ever had kids that I, yeah. would, I would want them not to feel like you know, that they could just make the choices without. Yeah. Well, I think as I got older, like I went to a primary school that was largely like Aussie, Caucasian kids, blonde hair, blue eyes. You know, I didn't really see a lot of other girls that had hairy legs. And then when I went to high school, I went to an Italian Catholic school. And so all my friends were Italian and they all have like, you know, they're all waxing their moustaches and stuff. I was like, this is great. Yes. I feel like feel like I'm at home here. Like they get me. They're, they're going through the same thing. Like they've got body hair. Yeah. The moustache really upset me at a young age. Yeah. And now I talk about it publicly on this podcast yeah. and guys tell me on dates that they know all about my beard. So... <laughs> <laughs> Look how far I've come, Joe. But I think it really is like it is about having some kind of self-acceptance at some point. But mm. I did actually look up why some people get thicker hair or darker hair than other people. And a um, doctor did say, he's an assistant clinical professor of dermatology in New York, and he said it largely depends on your genes. So there's a variety of normal. Yeah. Some will notice very little body hair that is very light in color or texture, whereas others may have more body hair and it may be darker and coarser. So it just really does depend on your genes in your background, obviously. Mm. So we know that like, you know, if you're from a European background, you're likely to have darker hair. That's me. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely got the darker, coarser hair gene. Actually, you remember when you were telling us about your rogue hair in the middle of your chest? Oh, yes. I've noticed more of those vellus hairs on my chest, but they're dark, but they're fine. It wasn't a vellus hair. It was a, it no. was a stubbly, cheat like a cheat. It hair. was what they would call a terminal hair, which is what makes up our eyebrows and eyelashes. And yeah. So I don't know if I've told this story before and I really just want for people that feel embarrassed, like that they may feel like they have like rogue nipple hairs or chest yeah. hairs or whatever. Just it's so normal. And my ex-boyfriend, I remember, stopped me in the street one day and said, you've got a hair in the middle of your chest. <laughs> and I looked down and it was this like long black coarse hair, like a chest hair. It's hard to see your own chest. I was mortified. But the fact that I'm telling this story in front of like all these people right now, clearly I don't yeah. care anymore. Guys, your 30s is the best. It's the best. You stop caring about this kind of shit. I reckon. So you've got something to look <laughs> totally. forward to. But also I think if you've been in a relationship for a long time, like I was growing out my leg hair for ages. I didn't care that I had hairy legs. There's some really amazing body positivity Instagram accounts and I think they've really helped me mm. become more comfortable with like my body hair and yeah. Like, you know, like my chin hair has been growing out recently and I just look at it and I'm like, I just don't care. Yeah. I think that when you see women doing that on Instagram, I find it really empowering as well. Yeah. Well, I've started sharing that I bleach my sideburns and I love that so, for you, yeah. Joe. I have loved that. It's Even like though best- that is a form of like me trying to disguise the hair, I still think like, you know, I wasn't born with blonde sideburns. So yeah, I here I that. am. This is what makes me feel a bit better. <gasps> so yeah. Anyway, that's body hair from us. 
Our guest for today is Kim Evans, joining us from Lux Brows and Lashes to obviously talk all things brows. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. Now, brow trends tend to change quite dramatically over the space of just a few years. I remember, you know, it used to be the big block brow and now it's fluffy brows. Can you explain the impact that brows have on the face and why their shape is so important? Brow trends change and brows are fashion. Like everything, brows are fashion. It's not a one-stop shop. It's just not a stencil for all. Everyone has different shapes and different needs. Most people are quite realistic in what they want, but I say just keep work with what you've got. Keep it really natural. That's the main thing. Don't try and create something that is just not achievable and maintainable. So brow tattooing has become increasingly popular. I think I see it on Instagram pretty much every day. I find those videos really soothing to watch actually. What are the different kinds of brow tattooing and how far have tattooing techniques come? Oh, tattooing techniques have come such a long way really in such a short amount of time. I remember when I trained uh, just over seven years ago, the training then to now is and even what I produced, it's like, oh, that is just so embarrassing. <laughs> and at the time it was like the client and myself were also over the moon, but I look back at now and think, oh, my Lord, just <laughs> So it's really come a long way. We prefer to keep the brows really natural looking. I particularly focus on that with the client because trends change. It is fashion. And that's why I say keep it really natural. And there's lots of different styles you can have as well. And what are those different kind of brow tattooing styles? I think there's like, there's feathering, there's ombre maybe. Can you explain the difference between each of those? Yeah. This is where a lot of people get confused because they say, oh, I want feathering, but mine, I had feathering done somewhere else and it doesn't look anything like yours. Why is that? Feathering is the technique. Now, that can be done with either a manual microblade or it can be done with an electronic tool that looks like a pen. And that's a series of dots that the little needle goes in and out, in and out. And that creates a line. But when all those little dots join up, those dots then blur as the pigment softens into the skin. It does blur and soften and it becomes more of a powder brow. So microblading is done with a microblade, but it's still called feathering. Then you have the combination brow and that is done with hair strokes at the start and then done with a digital tool which creates like a powder look. So you'll get soft hair strokes at the very beginning and then the rest will be more solid, sort of like the ombre hair, you know, the different colour here, different colour there. So it gradually just gets darker as you go towards the tail. Then you get the powder, powder or ombre, it depends what they call it, but that's more of a solid powder look. And that's longer lasting too. Now with the actual t brow tattooing process, my mum actually had her brows done at Lux Brows and Lashes, funnily enough, and hers look great. But can you explain the actual process of having them done? What's involved once you decide to bite the bullet and go through with it? So we offer a 30-minute brow feathering consultation and a lot of people are just like, oh no, I just want to get it done. It's like, we want you to come for a consultation because 
there are a lot of contraindications that will prevent you from having feathering. The, the skin is penetrated, but if you're on blood thinners, disparin, aspirin, we don't recommend you have it done. And if you're on any retinol, retinol, as soon as we touch the skin, it becomes bright red and we can't actually see what we're doing. So you can't use retinol? Not, no. And even going forward, if you use retinol in your skincare and it goes on your brows, because retinol is a brightening, so it gets rid of your pigmentation, your, you know, if you've got any little blemishes, it will do the same to the brow pigment and it will turn it pink. So what would you do in the case if you want to continue to use actives like retinol once you've had your brows tattooed? Should you wear like Vaseline over them when you're using your actives or you just can't use them moving forward? Look, everyone's going to use them. I use them. It's like <laughs> I want great skin. I want great brows. And it's like I'm not going to compromise either. So I apply every lotion and potion on my face. And then I use just like a face halo and just water and just wipe almost like just a thumb's distance away because obviously if I put a cream on my forehead, it's going to radiate, you know, about mm. a centimetre around. It doesn't just stop there. Mm. Um, so that's why I just say wipe them just with water, a halo or a cotton bud, whatever, just so you're giving a bit of a barrier. Fluffy, full-looking brows are also really popular at the moment and brow lamination has popped up seemingly out of nowhere. What's involved in brow lamination and is there any possibility that could damage the brow hairs? Yeah, brow lamination is like your lash lift serum, like a perm solution. Obviously, if you over-treat or overstretch that hair, you will damage it. So, yes, Absolutely, of course. If you don't get it done properly, it will damage the brow hair. I guess it's kind of the same as a lash lift. If you overprocess your lashes, they're going to, you know, you're going to experience breakage and that kind of thing, which I imagine is probably the same for the brows. And you fry them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you recommend in that instance if they've damaged their brows or lashes? Do you recommend any serums or anything? On people that have had, uh, we've seen severely overprocessed lashes. What we do is we ask them to come in, let us have a look at them. We reapply but half the time the solution and then the setting lotion and relax them so they mm-hmm. can at least, like we've seen them and they've been like so tightly, the lashes so tightly curled you couldn't even see them. It's just been like, yep. oh, my goodness, and the client's been, you know, just so upset and crying. Mm. I haven't seen it with the brow because... Mostly, as I said, people are pushing their brow hairs all the way up and getting this really like, whoa, <laughs> that fluffy look. And it's like perhaps you might best to start with some uh, brow soap at home and just yeah. see that this is what you like. Try to look out, yeah. Yeah, and brow soap's a great alternative for that. Yes, we we love a brow soap. We were talking to Nikki Makeup about brow soap in a, in a previous episode and, yeah, we're so into that look. Um, Now with shaping your brows, if you choose to shape your brows, what is your preference? Waxing, threading, plucking? I I don't particularly touch mine very much, but I do prefer to pluck mine. What is generally the best way to go? I personally prefer waxing and tweezing. I think threading is more suitable to someone that has thicker, coarser European brow hair because it can tend to break off our generally our brow hair is softer someone that's got that thick european like turkish their hair is thicker 
and it's perfect for them because the thread will pick that up and pull it out. But for me, it would break my, and for you, I can see it would break your brow hair. It, it doesn't pull it out properly from the root. So I'm not a big fan unless you've got that coarser, thicker brow hair of threading. Mm-hmm. And in terms of waxing, is there any cons to waxing or plucking? Not really. I think what a lot of people, a lot of mista- the biggest mistake people do is they'll pick up the tweezers every couple of days and that's the biggest mistake. So we say come back in between four and eight weeks, depending on your brow cycle, growth cycle. And we try and get that cycle. It's like, don't touch them. Don't touch them. So we can get that all growing at the same time because your brow hair grows at all different stages. And if we can get this to grow at the same time, then you'll have a nice clean brow for longer. I was going to ask actually on the the shaping thing, what do you think? Because I, I used to when I was young and I plucked all my hairs out and took me about 15 years to grow them back. What about just you, like your like people's natural brow? Because I, I now and, and actually my sisters do this as well. We leave the natural shape of our brows and we just pluck the strays. And I just I find that really suits my face. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I love that look. And for that look, I all I would say is get your hands on brow soap and your brows will look absolutely incredible. Oh, that's nice. Mm, love that. I haven't had my brows done in so long. <laughs> yeah, Joe. You and everyone else. Uh, yeah, <laughs> purposefully though, like prior to ISO, haven't had my brows done in a really long time. So I'm on the same bandwagon as Hannah. Yeah, and because the brow soap contains coconut and olive oil, it's also it's a really good hydrating and nourishing agent for the brow hair. Hence, it's a perfect conditioning treatment and it helps grow the brow and keep them in perfect condition. So while it holds the brow hair up perfectly in position all day and we can just position a few of the little hairs if you've got a little gap just position them so you're concealing that little hole I have to do that with one of my eyebrows because I've got like a big hole in one of them so I've had to like brush some hairs through there so that you can't see it (laughs) so if you use the brow soap you'll be able to conceal that right to here and so for anyone who would prefer to use their brow pencil powder Joe, I can't say this. Pomma? Pomade. <laughs> yes. Pomade. Do you have any tips for choosing the right texture of product and the right shade for your brows? I recommend to people to use a brow powder because you can't really make a mistake with brow powder. But look, it, it's whatever the person wants. I suggest to my clients use a powder, it's softer, and it's very easy to apply. Again, trying to really focus in on that natural brow look. Can you offer any advice for achieving the best shape? You know, if you are using a gel or a pencil or a powder, how should you apply it to get the best result? It's all about knowing, learning or having having someone assist you and teach you how to do that. Like using yourself as an example, because I can see your brows, um, (laughs) put you on the spot. I would extend your arch point out just a little bit further. So I would do a line out to the arch point and just extend that top line just a tiniest little bit. Then what I suggest is you do a powder line on the baseline and you're missing Mm -hmm. just a little bit there under that baseline. Yep. Yep. So that would just slightly fill that in. And then on top of the tail, 
draw with the powder line just on the top from the arch point to the tail. Then that's it. Don't apply more. Keep it really soft and natural. And just with your brush, brush that through and you'll get a really soft outline. You can make that as soft or as defined as you like. But mm-hmm. it's just getting to know that shape and when people come in, I'm like, oh, we are happy to show them this is what you need to do. And, like, people think they've got the worst brows ever. It's like your brows are great and they'll come in thinking they need feathering. You don't need feathering. Mm. Just do this, apply some of this, show them how to apply the powder, what products to use and you don't need feathering. Mm. What does make a good candidate for something like feathering? Who would you say, you know, yes, that's suitable for you? For people that perhaps have got like a big hole, they have just so overplucked and the follicle's mm-hmm. not there. It's never going yep. to grow back. For somebody like that, no amount of product or growth serum is going to have it grow back because the follicle is dead. If the follicle's Mm -hmm. dead, grass isn't going to grow on a stone. So I would recommend feathering for them. For somebody that sometimes will have these busy mums come in and their brows are pretty good and they're like, oh, I just want feathering here. It's like your brows are pretty good. And they're like, but I just, I don't have time and I just want to be able to get up, run out the door. And it's like, I understand that too. Mm-hmm. Being a mum, being busy, it's like, yep, let's just keep them really natural and we'll feather them. So you just don't have to worry about them, don't touch them, drop the kids at school, go to your gym class. And obviously your alopecia, your trichotillomania, that is some of the most satisfying work, you know, your chemo Mm. patients, that's the most satisfying work ever. It's perfect for them. And for them, it's life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually not the one that gets the personal consultation. Hannah's usually got a a personal (gasps) question to ask our guests and and we'll have a personal consultation. To be honest with you, I don't touch my brow. So this is one area that I think I'm doing, doing it right. I think everyone listening can relate to the fact that, you know, back in, you know, Pamela Anderson brows were all the rage. Oh, yes. And I think I plucked my, I've got photos, Joe. I'll have to send you one. But I plucked my brows to a point where it was one thin line, even though my mum had said she'd done the same and they never grew back. Yeah. But mine luckily grew back. And I just think the best thing to do is just let your brows run free. Like I yeah. love the natural <laughs> brow look. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's certain pe- I think I've seen some incredible feathering done mm. though that really changes the whole like look of the brow and I think that's incredible like how far that's come. We are lucky to live in an age where that's trendy to have full yeah. and natural brows whereas previously you know our mum's generations didn't <laughs> yeah. that wasn't the trend at the time so you kind of do whatever's on trend at the time and we're just lucky that we have to you know we happen to live in a stage where that's cool. Well thank you so much for sharing all your brow wisdom with us today Kim it's been a pleasure to chat to you. You're welcome Joanna. You're welcome Hannah. It was my pleasure. PWD KWN. What is yours today, Joe? So my product I didn't know I needed. I actually had to change today because the product that I was going to put in is not in stock yet. So I'm just going to wait because I feel like everybody is going to run to purchase that as soon as I mention it. So that's going to be in next week's episode. But in this week's episode, my PWD KWN is actually a nail art kit because I, as you know, have been getting really into my nail art. And last week I did, actually it would have been 
it's over a week ago now and it's actually still on my nails. I did little strawberries and I realized I how important that. it was to have a really good nail art brush. And I had lots of people respond to my stories saying like, where did you get this brush from? I actually got it from Trophy Wife Nail Art. She does little um, nail art essentials kits. I think they're $53 and it comes with all the little utensils and things that you need to do the nail art, like the little dotting tools and the brushes. And it comes with a, um, you know, those plastic nail things that are like round and they've got the plastic nails on them. You know, when you choose your color at the nail salon Mm, and they're on those round things, you get them so that you can practice all of your designs on there. So yeah, that's my product. I didn't really need it because my life changed when I got that little kit and I was like, this is amazing. I, I don't know what I did before this. I don't know how I even attempted nail art before this. So yeah, I've got little strawberries on my nails. I've got a few recommendations for my next nail art. A few people asked for a dick and balls. So I will try that. Um, I wasn't going to rule it out. If that's what the people are requesting, that's what I will do. Oh my God, please do that. I am. I will do it. I'll do it. The only dick and balls we're going to be seeing. Exactly. Exactly. Can't remember what it looks like. Anyway, what is your product? You didn't know you needed, Hannah. Oh, it's another travel travel phase. Yes, love this travel theme we've got going on yeah, today's episode. Yeah, I know. So I, whenever I go to guess where Thailand, mm-hmm. um, they they always burn a lot of incense, and <laughs> I just I'm having memories of myself <laughs> doing a cacao ceremony with like you know this lady like with incense and it going round the room yeah. and you've got your eyes closed and you know it's a real vibe. Yeah. And So I have taken to lighting incense in my bedroom, turning all the lights off and dancing. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, we we did it. We did an episode on crystals and spirituality and and we spoke about ecstatic dance. So I've been doing a bit of that. But these are honestly, you know how some incense, I don't know, sometimes it can make me like a bit like... (coughs) Like it's too much. Yeah. These are, this is like beautiful, high quality incense. It's stunning. So it's the Mason Balzac La Chapelle incense. You get 50. You've got the Mason Balzac little incense thing, don't you? Yeah. If you already own a holder though, you don't need to buy the holder. You can just get the incense sticks. But these are the most beautiful incense I think I've ever smelled. Mm, What do they smell like? So it's got sandalwood and frankincense. Oh, I love sandalwood. I would say it's a very moody, sexy scent. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's also um, made in Japan and mm. each stick burns for around 25 minutes. I've already gone through, I reckon, half the box in a really short amount of time. I'm yeah. like burning them every night. They're beautiful. So if you are looking to escape your apartment, I would suggest turning the lights off lighting some incense Mm. and dancing with your eyes closed and pretend you're somewhere else. Do you put music on or it's silent dancing? (laughs) (laughs) That was a genuine question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I put my AirPods and I usually listen to some like really up. I've got a bit of an uplifting playlist that Mm. I listen to. I would try if you're really, if you're interested in ecstatic dance is it may be happening in other states, but um, no lights, no lycra is one. And then the other one is five rhythms. So if you're interested in that kind of dance stuff, I know I've gone a bit off topic here. Here's the, <laughs> this is the activity I didn't know I needed. Um, I, would, I would try either of those if you're interested in reconnecting with your body. So mm, Nice recommendation. 
I'm sure other people will appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sure they will because they're here to listen about beauty and this is what they get into. Yeah, instead. and they got so, movie recommendations and yeah. dance recommendations. It's okay, we yeah. like to diversify. We totally do. On last week's episode, we talked about warts and when I did the Instagram stories for our Instagram page, I asked people to share their wart stories if they've ever encountered a wart And someone responded and I was hysterically laughing. She said, does my ex-boyfriend count? (laughs) Yes, he counts. Of course he counts. And I just thought, isn't a wart a great description for like a ex-boyfriend? I just thought it was so funny. I was like chuckling about it all day. (laughs) I love that. It was so good. But there was some other really good wart stories, like people cutting their warts out with scissors. (gasps) Yes, yes. Someone in our own team sent me a Slack saying, I bit off a wart because I didn't know it was a wart. <gasps> oh, and what did they think it was? Like a. She didn't know. I don't know what she thought. I don't know. I've done this in the past where I've picked, this is so bad. Do not do this. I've like picked at a mole thinking it was a skin tag. Oh, why would you pick at a skin tag even? I, I, I don't know because <laughs> uh, I want to get rid of it (laughs) don't don't do don't do either don't do either of those things yeah but yes ex-boyfriends do count as warts so they do (laughs) thanks everyone for joining us today don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends it helps other people to discover us and also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast so if you can leave us a review that would be much appreciated 